Caspiana. She really wants to lay in. Nash trying to straighten her up as she's gone two lengths clear now from a tissue charging home. But it's Espiona clearing the golden pendant. Espiona the favourite, too good beat a tissue. But Imperatrice is making her bid as Fura around the turn at the 150. Let a length and a half. Imperatrice is flying now as Fura at the 50. Imperatrice has got her and raced on by Imperatrice by a length up to West Wind Blows, Romantic Warrior, and here's Gold Trip, the Melbourne Cup winner, storming down the outside at the 200. Gold Trip runs on by, two links, three links, West Wind Blows and Sulcum, but it's all Gold Trip. Gold Trip has bolted in the Turnbull. No down, into the straight at the 150, Pride of Jenny a half length, Amelia's Jewel moves up on the outside, takes Pride of Jenny, is coming clear, great pipe opener, bring on the cock place. G'day legends and welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. Obviously Nick here, joined by Jackson, and although the Caulfield sort of cup carnival's in the middle, mm. we're in the middle of our big preparation as well. We're sort of starting to get to the really exciting parts. Yep. The weekend was it was more than a taste. Mm. It's good stuff. It is. I've been watching the Beckham documentary, or the Netflix show, yeah. mate. I'm not sure if you've caught any of that, but I haven't. his old manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, he's retired now. He used to have a saying... For the, towards the back end of the season where you need to make all your wins count. He called it squeaky bum time. Mm. This is the squeaky bum time of the spring carnival, right? We need to lock in and get get uh, get rolling. Well, the weekend was an opportunity for punters to do that, I feel, early on. And then late, mm-hmm. it was an absolute clean out. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were sort of riding a couple in multis. But I think we should go through the weekend that it was. Because it was a fantastic meetings both in Melbourne at Caulfield and in Sydney. Obviously, Everest Day. Now, we've probably got a little bit of a confession to make, you and I. <laughs> let's fess up. Should we fess up? I think we yeah, should. Yeah, let's do it. Now, we <laughs> spoke about how excited we were to be going out to the track. Um, obviously, Everest Day, one of the bigger days in Sydney. What happens? You don't go? I don't go. We both don't front up. So, <laughs> we're both cats, we're both cowards, and we're both just under the thumb, really. Yes, true, but the funniest part about it, I reckon, is that we didn't tell each other we weren't going. We just both didn't go. <laughs> it's pretty fucked, isn't like, it? And I think we spoke about this before the potty, Ned, but you sit there and you go, oh, 35 minutes for a drink. The drink's probably going to cost me 20 for a fucking... Maybe 26. Yeah, 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 depending on what time you're going. <laughs> you know, you only got to go drive for two or three races and you're in, you're in big danger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the sort of angel on the left shoulder one out. So, but uh, didn't stop me from having a punt, and I'm, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get into those uh, some of those larger plays that uh, that, that missed over yes. the next over the next two or three minutes, which I'm looking forward to. <laughs> when I asked Jackson which races he wanted to go through, he just said Caulfield Guineas, Everest, and Asfura. That's it. So, I've got a couple extra just to throw onto the end of that, but we will get to that. Mm. Um, it was a fantastic day of racing. Obviously, at both venues. Um, Geez, it was, a lot of races were competitive, though. Like, I, even the Caulfield Guineas was a ripper race. The Everest was obviously a little bit of a bunch finish. You sort of didn't know who was going to win mm-hmm. at any point. 
Let's go through them. So Caulfield Guineas, obviously militarised. He was. We were pretty keen on him. I, I would say. I was keen. <laughs> I was very keen. Um, the way that Caulfield played on the weekend, it was leader-ish. I wouldn't say it was a leader's track, but it was leader-ish. It was nicer to be on pace. I'm sure you have different words about that, but. Um, yeah, an interesting Caulfield Guineas. I think it hurt seeing Griff win it, considering you tipped him first up ten dollars. Ten dollars winner. Then we yeah. missed at the Valley four forty, and then he goes and wins at thirty one dollars. For sure, there's just no substance on the times though, Ned. It was an absolute cake walk out in front, and I'm not bashing the winner. I'm not bashing the camp. Obviously, absolute perfect steer from Melham. Yeah. Insane Free steer. Ride. Nobody took him on. There's, you look back through the field, the jockeys are asleep. They're asleep at the wheel net. There is, there's absolutely no excuse to be at the mile. Uh, a lot of these horses have been targeted this for a good six months now. Uh, so much on the line, not only just the prize money, but also the stud value of a lot of these horses. Uh, and there's just so many jockeys back there that are half asleep. They're asleep at the wheel and they're waiting and waiting. You can give a, an inferior horse like Griff two to three lengths and still make up ground if you're going at half decent sectionals. But when you're going at those sort of barrier trial speeds like they were on Saturday... It doesn't matter how you know far it superior you are in terms of your turn of foot, you will not catch them. Yep. You will not catch them. Militarized had the best four and six hundred of the race and only made up a length or two, didn't yeah. he? That's didn't how make slow. a dent. Didn't make a dent in the margin. That's yeah. how slow they were going. So a bunch of jockeys were half asleep, but well done to Kira Mara and Mellon, they're just too smart. Yeah, for sure. I still think he's the horse to follow out of the race. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs a top three in the Cox plate if they choose to go there and militarize. I'm not gonna hop off yet. Three-year-olds have a good fucking place record in that Cox Plate too. So has the has the Magic Man gone back? He's gone back. I don't know if he'll he'll probably come back. He'll be back. Well, that'll depend on if I'm playing or not. Okay, fair enough. Not a lot of magic for you. Um, the Might and Power. Mm. This was a ripper as well. Um, and now this this horse, like, hats off. I'm. I, he impresses me. Week in, week out. But I cannot fucking catch this thing, Jackson. I can't catch it. It doesn't matter what price he is, what distance, what track, what stage of prep, I cannot catch the horse. He's in my frustration pile. For sure. And I don't know what we're waiting for with this horse. What do you want? I I don't know. Like, I'm not as bad as you. Like, I've backed him a couple of years ago when he won the Stradbroke over 14. It was a big price then. I've backed him once or twice since then when he's got the chocolates. But we just continue to pot this horse, especially when he gets out in trip like he did on the weekend. Uh, The leader just absolutely took off. Just ruined the race. Yes, to an extent, yes. But similar to the last race, I'm not making excuses at all. Alligator Blood would have won. Jockeys are half asleep. Yeah. They're asleep. You are 25 lengths off the leader and you haven't gone for your horse yet. Again, it's their target. You know that the whole prep's been built to that. What are you waiting for? What are you mm-hmm. saving up your, your energy for? You mm-hmm. need to get into the race because you can't give a horse like Alligator Blood four or five uh, lengths off that speed and expect to get anywhere near him. No chance. But two good camps, two good, um, you know, TC comes across and we know what he does near the speed, so just way too good. Just did not panic at all on Alligator Blood. Knew the horse he had under him and tell you what... If you're looking for 2,000 metre tick, strong 2,000 with pressure, that was your opportunity to see if he'd cave. Fucking high pressure, and he just went on with the job too easy. He never looked like getting beat. Just so, answered the call, plain and simple. If you like him in the Cox Plate, I would not be steering you away now. This is probably his best opportunity to win one. Um, let's stay in Melbourne for a little bit, because this was one of my more exciting moments for the day. I, I should actually tell a little story here. I never talk dollar value on this podcast because it's not what we're trying to endorse Mm. I had a good crack at this thing Mm -hmm. 
as Fora, we're yep. talking about. Yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> my partner doesn't quite understand at all, like how the punting thing works. She likes to play. I gave her $25 on the weekend to do some Quinellas and mm-hmm. stuff. She had great fun. She loved it. She's glued to the screen all day. Mm-hmm. It's a bit crook, actually. <laughs> like she was having bets in fucking races. I wasn't betting in. <laughs> and we love that. Um, <laughs> I sort of, I had the phone out and she sort of questioned, she's like, you look like you're about to do something. <laughs> like, a bit crook. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to weigh up, like, do I do X amount or Y amount? Like, how much should I have on this horse? She's like, how much are you having on it? And I was like, X amount, most likely. Mm-hmm. Off me. <laughs> couldn't deal with it. Just couldn't understand it. Anyway, race comes on. As far as just home at the 700. Like, yeah, as home. soon as... Yeah. Oh, my God. After the barriers came over. Easiest watch I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm going, she's home, she's won, I'm cheering up and down. Now she's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it always goes, mate. That's how it always goes. There's been plenty of times where I've been sitting there going with the missus next to me going, this is the difference between us going out for dinner or just staying and noodles. having toast. <laughs> <laughs> but how good was that for us? Oh. We have... We, we have pinned this girl. We really have. We've yep. nailed it. Yep. Um, we said that Imperatrice run was as good as it gets without winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just absolutely brained them on the weekend. Prices were way too tight between her and Uncommon oh. James. She's had her measure now. I think we can we can safely have that in our corner that she's just got that horse's measure. So if they meet again, we know where we'll be. A super 11,000 metre horse, simple yep. as. She does get 1,200, but at 11 and 1,000, no, no. she's, barring Imperatrice, she's probably the best that we've got at the moment, and she's absolutely flying. Once Mayor's getting form, they can just continue to hold it, so I'm excited to see where she goes next. She's well and truly matured. They spoke about that, and she's going on with the job now. It'll be interesting to see where she goes to. Um, let's go the last race. In do we have to? Are you okay to do this? Let's do it, mate. I think it's, I think it's important, because we both have opinions mm. based on what's next. Mm-hmm. So Amelia's Jewel, obviously supremely disappointing for punters, Connections. I don't know if the connections knew she might have been a little bit like that. I'll let you chat about the yard and what was seen there, but she, I just want to chat from personal perspective. She came out two twenty. We were still keen as on Thursday night, and she just continued to roll out, roll out, roll out as the day went on. I think she jumped two fifty, two sixty. Yeah. It wasn't a good sign. No. For a horse in that's the boom horse. She's come from WA. Everyone's raving about her, and then they're just edging her out and. Field where you'd think she'd have covered. Mm. It wasn't a good sign, and it's exactly how the race panned out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the fact that she was being laid out before she entered the yard was the telltale in itself. So the punters that watched their fluctuations would have been all over that. But she obviously got into the yard. There was a bee in the bonnet, just was not herself, sweating up. Um, and like you say, just continued to just drift out point after point. So the signs were there, and it was ominous turning up to the gates. Even in the run, she just didn't travel the way she normally does and never looked like she was going to let down. So they've run the blood tests on her. We'll wait to see what comes back on that and see what's in store for the rest of the prep. But Cox Plate's definitely off the table. We know that for sure. I think we were chatting Empire Rose before the podcast. We'll see if that um, happens to be. And that's, you know, we've obviously spoken about that for three or four months now. That's where we we think she'll end up for that last uh, start of the prep. So as long as she bounces back and she's done it before. She's been beaten by inferior horses before. And I remember, I reckon it was this time last year, she ran into Bustler, and Bustler was favourite, three-year-old over in WA, now four-year-old. 
and sports bet, everyone's saying bus is best of the day. Millions of jewels sitting there at two fifty, two eighty, three dollars. I think I was with you. Destroyed them. Yeah. Destroyed them. So she can bounce back. And the best part about this, we're getting the price next time. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, I think as well, we just comment on the race. Albeit she did a lot wrong. Happy to admit that. She was three wide. Raced a bit more forward than usual, which I just don't think the way to ride her. I think she's a big 300-meter finish horse. I think that's the best way to ride her. Caulfield's a funny track. Like, there there are a, a couple little excuses as well to go with it. There are. There are. And it was always going to be the semi-final as well, because we know the Cox play was the original plan. So yeah. there was definitely a, a little bit left in the tank. She was not 100% for that. We have to touch on the winner attrition. Oh my God, God, I've followed this horse the entire prep. Haven't had a cent. Haven't had a cent of 30s, yeah. mate. That's just the game. That's the cable we're in. But we'll be backing up on Amelia's jewel for sure. She will yeah. She will come back and she'll hit back hard. For sure. Golden Eagle or Empire Rose, I would have thought, would be her next targets. Exciting to see what happens there. Um, final two we need to cover. Jesus was a good meeting, wasn't it, on the weekend? Like, I, we could go for hours. Christmas Day. Um, let's, let's do Everest first, because I thought it was a really good race. Um, you were a little bit unlucky. You were very, very bullish about. I wish I was. Mean, sorry to bring up these old balloons, but we do do a horse racing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's our choice. Um, he was good. I'm going to make a comment though. I don't think bad luck beat him. I wish I win. Yeah, I yeah. wish I win. I'm talking. Yeah, I think it's the thing about her is holding him yeah. to the line. In my opinion, yeah, I've got a different opinion. But past the post, he's still holding him. The whole way. Pass the post is a different story, but my opinion is that Think About It okay. still wins that race. If I wish I win, Drew. Five. And I backed I wish I win. Well, that's... Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think I wish I win would have gone straight past him had he got the clear air at the top of the straight because... And I agree, Think About It's a superb horse that mm. once it builds the revs and gets the clear air, it definitely holds a gallop. Yeah. You, you can't match I wish I win. If it's, if it's 100% wound up, if it's fit... If they're running in a straight line and they're mm. clear, nobody can match that horse. Simple as. I thought Amelia's Jewel could. That's now in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> nobody can match this horse over two, three, four, five, six hundred metres. Doesn't matter. But in saying that, let's cover the winner. A horse that just continues to just, just progress and progress run. and build and build and build. Superb job done by Joe Pride to continue getting this horse up. He's finished third, uh, first and third in the race with Private Eye as well. And just on that, I've had three, oh. three, uh, three bets and three tips and I finished second, third, fourth. Yeah, so that, that's the game, right? In Secret was an enormous run from oh, back in the field as well, weaving between runners, yeah. slashing through the line. Maybe Zach Purton could have had her a touch closer, but she did draw out. So much that could be uh, have been made in behind, but what this horse, the winner, does every time, puts itself in the race, sits one out, one back, presses the button at the right time, and horses like that are tough to beat. So well done to them. Clippo deserves it. Well done. So well said, mate. Really, really well articulated. I think you've summed up the race really well. Um, and then last race we should cover as well. This was an interesting one. She just absolutely blitzed them, fangirl. Brightside was... This was the best backed horse of the day. Mm. Tab actually came out and said, this is actually our lay of the day, funnily mm. enough. They said, this is a horse we're laying. So this horse was a $1.95 on the fix and a $1.55 on the toe when they jumped. I don't know what mathematical sense you make of that as a punter. Like, what do you do with that? Um, obviously, the combined pulls with Hong Kong mm-hmm. being Hayes horse as well. Yep. I reckon that has some sort of Definitely. input on the on the totes. But 
he was fantastic as well, but she was just unbelievable. Just way too good on a day, given the gun run by J-Mac, saved up the energy, and the dry deck is the answer for Fangirl. It always has been. Yeah. She cannot go a yard for whatever reason, if it's soft six or soft seven or worse, she just does not go a yard. Dry deck, you keep this horse on side, it's plain and simple, and J-Mac saved all the energy up on the inside and poked her off and it was over once she got out, just very simple. Yeah. On the second horse, Mr. Brightside, Great point around how he's been back, not only here, but in Hong Kong with the combined totes. They had the, a really aggressive, and I look back on this in hindsight, which is a, a very valuable thing, hindsight, right? <laughs> but I look back at that jump out they had in between the the last run where he brained them as well, mm. obviously beating Alligator Blood into this run. It was such an aggressive jump out, and it was written so aggressively through the line to win that. Potentially, that's left him a little bit flat. And I don't want to knock the trainers. They've obviously done a superb job. He was going the best in the country up to that point. But I'll just look at that jump out and start to have question marks around it now. Has he got anything left in the prep? Yeah. I don't think he'll get 2,000 now. That, that run did not scream. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I can't... He's. I think he's around $11 in a Cox plate. So that's probably about right, I would have thought. I, I, I reckon they'll keep him for that second weekend. Um Stakes Day, what they yep. used to call it. Champions Mile. him in that Champions Mile. Yep. That'd be the ideal to me. Yeah, um, can see why. And just hold him to there. And Fangirl, wherever she goes, she'll be favourite. I can tell you that much Agreed. now. So Agreed. she was fantastic. McDonald wrote her an absolute treat. And yep. Walla McDonald, my God. Um, What a review. What a review. 16, 17 minutes of reviewing. Could have gone for another hour, I reckon. Yeah. We do have, fortunately, races to cover for the weekend. Now, we're going to cover for Caulfield races three through to nine. And we're just going to give you a little touch-up in Sydney as well. We're just going to do one there. Jacko, Caulfield, obviously middle of the carnival. What are they doing rail-wise? So it's a good four at the moment, Ned, but the rail's in a plus three position. Um, they were getting a fair way off the fence last week. So something to keep an eye on there. Are they going to get even further away from the fence? Even in those races where Asfora, she was up on top of the speed, they still drifted out six, seven, eight lanes off the fence. So uh, we'll have to see if that inside comes back on, considering it wasn't uh, much used last week. Let's keep an eye on that. But yeah, still expecting fair play with Caulfield. It's been great so far, this prep. Let's kick it off at race three. It's the Ethereal. It's over 2,000 metres. We've got a few different form lines coming together here. Tropical Squall for Gay and Adrian's $1.85 firm favourite. Autumn Angel, four eighty. Uh, Connasana is $7.50. Wings of Songs double figures at 14s. Grinzinger Bell, $19 with Bond Mistress. Basilina is $23. Coco Suns, $26 with Everlasting Kiss. Dolphin Skin, $41. Saxon Beauty, $91's Another You. And Lady Tempest, round them out. Tropical Squall to go forward from the outside barrier. She is up to 2,000 metres, so we'll have to see how aggressive they are. We'll have to leave well. Grinzinger Bell from the inside with Saxon Beauty are probably the other two. Konasana led at the Valley over the mile uh, last time out, potentially to go forward as well. I don't think they want to lead this week, though. I think they want to try and find a bum. Tropical Squall, I think, is certainly the starting point. Now, you can't come out of a flight stakes holding off, you know, horses like Kamachi and, and uh, Tis Invincible and not be rock-hard favourites. So I see why that the market's sort of gravitating towards her. She just needs to handle the 2,000 metres, I think, to get the job done. Mm-hmm. I don't see a whole tonne of pressure coming from her inside. I think she can just slide across under her own steam. And Hippo's obviously come across to take this ride as well. So good signs. Um, Waterhouse and Bolt, we know what they do when they go yeah. forward. Just extremely hard to run down. She's had a prized icon as well. Some people may remember that horse as the, the, one of the ultimate bridesmaids to Winks time and time again yeah. from that mile to sort of 2,000 metres range. So it should be able to one get this trip. Won a derby, so definitely on that on the breeding, you should you know you'd expect it to get this trip. 
So she's on top. The saber for me, I think, is what was Oak's horse is Konasana. Yep. I was at Flemington four weeks back uh, where she seemed to have every chance in the run, but I think she was probably still the run short where she just couldn't run down the, the winner on that day. His name escapes me. It was a, wasn't a very deep race. But then went back to the valley, uh, dropping back in trip to the mile, led them up, stacked them up on the corner, Frosty, and the horse gave a kick again and just fended them off. Up to the 2,000 metres, I think it's ready now. It's fit, it's fourth up. Um, I just have to save on it. It's already been backed as well. It opened at 10s and tapped straight away into 7.50. So signs are there and obviously Frosty and Waller, lethal combination for sure. Harlow missed that horse was called. There you go. You that. Um, I think Tropical Skull wins. I don't know if it's a massive play. You probably want to see here with these three-year-olds whether they get 2,000. Like, if you had said to me in this horse's second run that it would get 2,000, I probably would have been a little bit shocked where it ran third in that race. Mm. But then... Obviously, winning fourth up was fantastic. Appears to get the lead on its own. You'd have to think Gay and Adrian it would be pretty hard to beat. Not tipping this and not backing this horse, but Autumn Angel, if you like the Griff form and the Caulfield Guineas form, then this horse is 1.5 behind those horses at the Valley that night. Steps up to 2,000 metres, which looks to favour it as well. But, um, yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there as a little bit of facts if you like Griff. Yep, and just on breeding as well, the Autumn Sun, obviously... Good to see that uh, horses stepping out in these stakes grades now. So excited to see what he can do as a stallion. It's huge, isn't it? For sure. We love the big boy. Definitely. He is the big boy. I miss him to death. <laughs> Me too. I miss him. I just miss the fact that every time he ran, you could win. <laughs> 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 wow. Um, 1200 race four. It's the Gothic stakes. Um, we've got some different form lines again all coming together. So for Sil... For Damien Lane on board is $2.70. Dark Halo after a huge first up win at Wyoming is $3.10. Don Corleone is $4.50. Arkansas Kid Nines. Critique is $12. Treasure Treasure Way? Treasure Way. $31. Next in the market we have Prince Zero, $34. Zuzuko is $41. And Perilius Fighter, $51. There's going to be two or three vying for the lead here. We've got Dark Halo, Facile, and Critique are probably going to be the first three. They've all drawn towards middle to out, so there'll be a fair bit of speed coming from out wide to try and whip across. I'm expecting a good tempo for 1,200. <coughs> Excuse me, Ned. You're okay. Perilous fighter goes forward. I'm all good, mate. <laughs> you know, you know what my... Uh, the backwash. What do they call that? <laughs> Perilous water with Prince Zero uh, are going to be the other two or three. Perilous water. Arkansas Kid might be able to uh, roll forward from the inside as well. So let's see what, what happens there. He's the horse I'm going to be with. I had excuses for him first up considering he had cardiac arrhythmia. And I look back to the, the prep prior, he was very solid in both the blue uh, blue diamond and also the golden slipper. So he comes in with the right credentials. They've given him a bit of time off that first up failure, and yes, he had excuses, but they've given him a nice little let up and had that jump out in between, which he won really well. He beat home General Bro uh, and Midwest mm, in that jump out. So I think he's ready to go here. I'm considering this as a first up run, basically, just a complete excuse first up, but I'm happy to back up. I like Ollie from one as well. I love when he hunts up the fence and he can find that gap at the right time. Considering the speed in this race, I don't think he's going to be bunched up and hemmed up for a run. I think they can get out when they need to. So Arkansas kid on top and definitely Fasal. I need to keep on side. I love the Sydney form coming across and that learning to fly form from last prep just ties him in beautifully. So Or her, I should say. So uh, Arkansas kid on top and Fasal will be the, the saver. 
And with Fasile, for the reasons you mentioned, um, obviously giving learning to fly, fly a bit of a scare mm. um, in its first preparation as two-year-olds. Learning to fly was obviously probably in our top three or four two-year-olds for the season. Yep. Um, and now, I thought, first up run for Fasile, leading, winning first up was a really good sign for a two-now three-year-old. I think can go on with the job, and we're getting $2.70. Dark Halo is just this absolute mystery. Like One run yep. at Wyong wins yep. by five lengths. That Collet was on that day. McDonald's gone, yeah, I'll have the I'll ride. I'll take it. Yeah, that'll be big. So this this is the horse that scares the shit out of you, but how do you line up Wyong form? I suppose you can put times and whatnot together, but everything's just so different when you're moving from Wyong <laughs> to Caulfield. They're just different tracks, so it's interesting. Agree, yeah. This is a feature across a lot of the races on this card, I think, at Caulfield. It's, you mentioned that it's sort of one of those in-between weeks where last week was such a, you know, group ones, group twos across the entire cards in both states. Mm-hmm. A lot of mixed form lines coming yeah. in this week, so you've really got to be honed in and follow your markers. Yep, 100%. Um, it's almost like a bit of semi-final day for a lot of these horses, isn't it? A few preludes, mm. things like that, lead-up runs. Yep. Thousand Guineas Prelude, as we mentioned. <laughs> it's the inhibitions is top of the market here, over 1,400 metres. $4.50, McDonald and Cummings. Couvalant is $5.50, lovely looking, five fifty as well. Azula is there at $9, Bossy Nick 10s. Mo Escher is $11. Next horse in the market we have is Apache Song, 15s. Oz Empress is $17. Vivier is 18s. Lazago 21s with Zurion. Matawa. Matawe? Matawai. Matawai. <laughs> Fuck. Meh. 27s. Rose of Sharla is 61s. And Stella. Wow, I haven't seen this for a while. Stella Mafit. $301. Jesus. Oz Empress to go forward with Matawi and Inhibitions with Lovely Looking are probably going to be the first three or four. I think Azula coming out of the same uh, stable as Oz Empress can go forward and put a bit of pressure on too. Zurion potentially the other one that's not too far away. I want to start on Inhibitions, Ned. Uh, she just had to sustain that long, sweeping run where Coavalante just saved up the energy, had the drop, obviously given a gun run by shit on the day. But Mick D just had to take that long, sustained, sweeping run around the valley and she looked like she was going to win for a lot of the straight, whereas the winner just came up and got the right run at the right time. I think that can turn the tables, considering it's drawn back towards the inside. Drawn one away from the fence, so I can settle nice and close, and we'll probably get that potentially one out, one back. Um, maybe even sit one pair further back, but I think they get their chance this week. Obviously, a jockey upgrade this week with J-Mac being booked as well. Oz Empress is the saver, Ned, uh, to slide across as well, staying at the 1,400 metres I like for this horse. I think she's going really well. Um, you know, two back she settled on top of the speed and was outgunned by Charmstone. So I think that's pretty good form coming into Absolutely. this. She then rose up to the 1400 metres and got the job done. So she's ticked that box. And I think at the price of 15, 16, 17, there you go. Very attractive. I think each way all day. The one that scares me, and I think you can play three in this race, considering two are double digits, is one towards the bottom in Moesha. It was an absolute horror show last time out at Sandown. It was basically a barrier trial, just could never get out. Billy Egan stuck on this horse, and he was the one that basically committed the homicide last time. <laughs> Just hand up for the entire way up the straight, and even when they, I don't even want to say got out, when the horse sort of found it half an opening, still raced tight the whole way through, would have absolutely trot in. We're still getting double digits now for this horse. Yes, it's stepping up in grey, but it shows you the opinion that the stable have of the horse. So I'm backing up. Inhibition's main bet, Oz Empress and Moe Shirt doubles, I'm going to save. Fantastic, mate. I might have to have a play on a couple because I've got no, absolutely no opinion in the race. But um, 
hopefully a few to follow there. Nice prices everywhere too. $5 a field sort of setup. So brilliant. The McCafe Sprints Race 6. It's a 1,000 metre race. Spacewalk is top of the market, $2.35. Jamie Carr, 53 kegs. Lofty Strike first up for Ollie and Sandu, 370. General Bowes there at 480. Gen, uh, Generation, $8.50. Duel is $11. Indian Pacific is there at 18s. And Midwest was actually scratched. I actually didn't mind its chances either. Mm-hmm. What did you make of it? Indian Pacific and Duel to go forward. Duel obviously now with Nisham in astute hands now as well. Generation to potentially sit one back with General Bow as well. Only a small field, but mm-hmm. um, you know they're probably going to stack them up, I think. Had Midwest been in, you'd expect more speed, obviously. Yeah. So that does suck a bit of pressure out of the map. On with Lofty Strike heavily, Ned. I'm in this uh, horse's corner for sure. I look back to first up last prep where he comfortably went past Uncommon James at Sandown. It was only less than a length of margin at the end, but it was actually eased down. That's how easily he went past him. He's a horse with supreme talent, had excuses potentially for the rest of the prep, and he sort of come to the end to it when they took him out for the Goodwood. The start before that, he runs second in a new market behind in secret, so... He's bringing the right form lines into this. I think he's got the right credentials. Another horse that Ollie's booked for. I think he's got a superb card um, you know, of, of bookings this week. I'm happy to back up. And considering the price of the favourite where Lofty Strike is a dollar, dollar ten, dollar twenty higher, mm. I'm having a good piece of Lofty Strike. So yeah. one of the best on the card for me, and I'm not even concerned about the thousand metres. I think he can handle it. Yep. Yep. There you go. Three dollars seventy as well. We get another nice price there. You sounded very hot on that, mm. must I say? You, you get a different tone in your voice when you get real horny about one. I love that. I'm actually going to tip Generation, and we spoke before the potty. He could potentially be in that non-winning category. I'm, I'm actually happy to wear that. I thought the second up run um, over a thousand meters behind Imperatrice and Asphora. just never got a crack at them. Was along the fence there. I think Zara rode in that night potentially. Could not get a crack at him at all. I'm not here to say that he would have won the race by any means. There is no way that Generation would have been a weight for age group one yep. against those horses over a thousand metres. Yep. But this is not weight for age group one over a thousand metres. He gets 54 kilos over the thousand here in a small field at Caulfield. He goes okay at Caulfield as well. It's actually probably the one track that he has had a pretty good record at. He's only won four races. Two of them have kind of come at Caulfield from seven starts. Mm. Craigie on board, I think he's going to sit just off the speed. Probably the two rougher horses are going to be on pace. Sits just behind them. I hope he gets his chance. And I think $8.50, you can have a bit of a play. Yeah, and the stable's never been afraid to throw this horse in the deep end, so you know the opinion they've got, so I can see why you like. Next race, race 7, 1400. It's the Tristark. We've got Ses Magic top of the market, $4. Skew If, after being scratched the other day, is four four fifty. Road to Arataki is $6 with Waltz on buy. Call D is 10s. Madam Poppery, last year's 1,000 guineas winner, is $12. Shuffle Dancer, 14s. Revolutionary misses 15s. And Wollombi, 19s. Another little small select field. Agree, and there's absolutely no speed in this at all. Walking. I don't, I, I don't know who's going to go forward. Speaking of walking, Waltz on buy might be the leader. Road to Arataki may also go forward as well. She's a horse that historically has been able to settle on top of the speed, but I actually think she's uh, better ridden cold. Skew if can also go forward, drawn towards the inside as well, but there's just real no natural leaders, so potentially one from outside might boot forward and we'll have to wait and see, but I have to have something on Road Tarataki. I think she's ready to win fourth up now. She come home really hard first up in that Benedetta race over 1,200, then stepped up, led uh, that Amelia's Jewels race, uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, which obviously nearly jewelled his brain in that day. But Rotary <laughs> Taki was up on top of the speed doing a lot of work and all the other on-speed horses compounded. So I think she was entitled to sort of fall away there and may have been a bit flat second up. She bounced right back last time at Flemington, though, in that, uh, that uh, Life Lessons and Princess Grace race. She was three wide the trip up on top of the speed, and I think Yender will want this one back. She was three wide up on top of the speed, and Waltz on by had the drop on her. Um, Shuffle Dancer had the drop on her as well, and she didn't let them go past. She kept grinding away to the line. looked like she was going to tail out last at the 4-500 and kept finding it. Actually ran Princess Grace to her nose in the end. So I like that horse. I'm going to have something on and skew if. Still scares me. I wish we were getting a bigger price because we were getting $657 in that race I just mentioned last time. Yep. She was scratched from the barriers, and from all accounts, she can do that. She can get very hot in the yard and can do a lot of things wrong. So big yard watch. Potentially, we might be getting a better price on Saturday if she does similar things. So let's wait and see what she does. But for all the reasons I mentioned a fortnight ago, I have to have something on. Opie Blossom booked as well. He's hung around. If Trees is not running, like, he's run around. Might be the one. Who knows where they're going. Um... I actually think they could lead on Skewiff. They could. Mm-hmm. She led in a couple of New Zealand runs. So with no speed in the race, they might lead. I'm going to have to have something on. You convinced me a couple of weeks ago to have something on. Yep. I back the horse. I got the refund, which was really nice. It was good to get a collect. <laughs> but I'm going to go again. Um, I'm going to call it a second... <laughs> I'm putting the money back on. <laughs> second bite of the cherry. Yeah. Yep. Um, Just I'm reload. You spoke about the form last time. Dragon Leap, these sort of horses that came over here. They weren't superstars over here, but mm. I don't think any of the horses in this race are absolute stars either. Yep. $4.40 to find out as well. Our favourite's drifting. two eighty dollars out to $4 already. I don't think the punters know where to place this horse. They probably want to see it come out and win. Yep. I think that's the most important thing for this thing. Yep. Form behind Star Patrol and Triple Missile reads well, but have the runs been as good as it reads? Probably not. Yeah, especially second up, I thought she would have shown a bit more. Uh, obviously, a lot of talent and has run in secret, uh, you know, a couple of lengths in the Cornwall if you look back to her three-year-old campaign, but given a lot of time and maybe this has always been the target. Yeah. Race eight, it's the Moonga Stakes. We've got top of the market, Nunthorpe, $2.50, Buffalo River backing up from the weekend, five bucks. Climbing Star 6, cause for concern, is $9.50 with Times Square. Umgawa is $11. The Fortune Teller is 13 Mr. Maestro, first up, 21 bucks. Fender, 46 Buffalo River and Nunthorpe Lab are going to be the... Or just Nunthorpe, I should say, are going to be the first two going forward. Fender to sit off them. Uh, Mr. Maestro, who may be looking for a longer trip, might just take medicine. But Climbing Star can also boot forward as well and uh, potentially sit one to two pairs back. On with her, Ned. I think she's a mare with untapped talent. She's a lightly raced four-year-old now who was just given absolutely no hope last time out. It was a dead set. Mm. Like, I don't even know where to begin. It's one of those ones where you just start popping panadols from the five, six hundred. Now gets Willow. Um, and she had excuses the two previous as well. So I think she's a horse with a lot of talent. She draws four now and can sit one out, one back, or maybe the box seat on the fence and present at the right time. I think Buffalo River will roll them along, which will suit this horse a lot. So considering Nunthorpe and Buffalo River are probably going to go at each other, this horse can just sit there behind them, watch it all unfold, and check off heels at the right time. I think she's going to blouse them later. I'm pretty keen at the six fifty six dollars mark. I'm with you. I remember watching the Climbing Star race in behind. It was Life Lessons and Princess Grace. And I actually called at the 500. Fuck, Climbing Star is going to win this. Disaster. But then just couldn't get out. So I think probably due for a win. Deserve it of a win this preparation as well. Um, Six dollars to find out is really nice. Got to say, on the weekend I was a little bit stiff. Like 
I looked at the map of the race for Buffalo Rivers race. Mm. Um, that was Ayrton's race as well. Yep. I backed Ayrton. Mm-hmm. I had something to win on Buffalo River. <clears throat> and then, this is a bit of an uncommon sort of thing that you hear, but I'm a bit of a same race multi-man for my saving bets. Okay. Just as a little extra top up. Like sometimes I might have, let's just say for the numbers, 50 win on one, 20 on another, and then I might have a $25 same race just to try and get an extra 100 out of it. Yep, yep. And so I did Ayrton top two and Buffalo River top three. And he was holding on for dear life and he finished four to be fucked. But geez, when you back him, you're always in it. 100%. He always gives a big side at the top of the straight. He always wants to lead. He's a tough motherfucker. And he just needs to find a, a race without pressure. That's basically his MO. But I just think he's going to find it here in Nunnall. Yeah, agree. He does do well on the backup though, this horse. And agree. often get it right. All right. Here we go. The race that is just causing all sorts of confusion from here, there, and everywhere. We we have to cover it. <laughs> yeah. We've got to have a look. We might as well cover it. We've got to have a look. There's about nine favourites at $6.50. <laughs> Ten of them. This is the Carlton Draft Caulfield Cup. This is one of the most interesting races I think we've ever covered. With that, Interesting for good and bad reasons. Well, let's go through it, shall we? Let's go through it, but would you like... How would you like me to go through this? Would you like it market order, or would you like it... Like, how would you like to do it? Let's go market order. I think we did toss and turn whether we would do runner by runner for this race, because it has worked for us before. We've done the Everest, Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate. I just think there's a lot of horses in here. I just... There's so much, and we'll get into it, but there's so many games going on, Mm. and so many moving parts, and it's a very dynamic race, so let's just wait and see... Uh, you know, we'll have a lot more information come out over the next 24 hours, let's say. Three equal favourites. So, top weight gold trip has 58 and a half. He's $6.50 favourite for Mellum this week. Mm-hmm. West Wind Blows is the same, six fifty as well for Spencer. And then we got Sulcum, six fifty as well. So, we've got three favourites, all $6.50. Then, without a fight, $7. Breakup from Japan is $9.50 with Valiant King. Montefilius, 12 bucks coming down from Sydney. Huyan Mal is 14s. Francesco Guardi is $15. Akita Sa- Saushi, I'm going to go with. Sushi Saushi, 21s. Spirit Ridge is $35. Duke de Sessa, 41s with Right You Are. Goldman is $81. United Nations is 101s. Emissari last year's cup runner up, would you believe that, is $126. Waz Darjan is 151s. And Fame, 250 West Wind Blows didn't leave as well as expected last time out in the tournament. It was an enormous run. It's now drawn two, so it has to go forward and control this, considering there's just not much pressure outside of it. Goldman and Spirit Ridge are probably going to be the other two. Right You Are can also settle nice and close as well. Not a ton of speed, though, so I really think that West Wind Blows can control it from that inside barrier uh, and sort of walk them up at any speed he wants. Potentially, Francesco Guardi can try and boot across and settle a little bit closer from the wider barrier. I mentioned West Wind Blows, Ned, a massive run in the Turnbull. Didn't leave as well as they thought they would. And Jamie Spencer sort of had to just burn him up and use a lot of petrol, getting him up on top of the speed. And he was still there when the whips were cracking. So I think it was a super run. The difference between him and Gold Trip, I think Gold Trip's now been set for the cup. Yeah. They know the horse is back. They've ticked. They're going, yep, this horse is fucking back. We're a big chance of backing up here. Like, let's just leave him in the tank. Uh, This is definitely the semi-final. I mentioned the game's been played before. Is this horse going to be a late scratching? I'm talking about Gold Trip. I, I don't think he runs. Are they going to go to the Cox Plate next week? Are they going to do the backup into the Cox Plate? Which one's going to be the hook job? I think it's going to be this week, if they do run him. 
Yeah. You're of the opinion that they might scratch him. I think they'll run him just for a, a little bit of a tick over, basically a race day barrier trial, I think. So this is a hook job for me with Gold Trip. There's no questions at all about his talent, and if he sh- if he was 100% wound up, he's probably winning. He wins. So anyway, Westwind blows, top bet for me. Need to just have something on off that first start run in Australia. Francesco Guardi. James McDonald is riding at 54 kilos. What does that mean? I can't remember the last time. I'm almost certain it's not in the last two years that he's been riding at 54 kilos. For the punters that don't sit there like us and pour through form day after day and live and breathe this this crook shit. Jackson actually eats the best bets on Wednesdays. Correct. <laughs> the big time jockeys like J-Mac, they won't get anywhere near 55, 54 and a half if they don't have to. They're not going to starve themselves anymore because they always get the best rides and they're confident of that. Certain opportunities come around and they just do it. Yep. Two years has gone by, we haven't seen J-Mac ride at 54, so why Francesco Guardi? It's $14, $15. It's had the classic Chris Waller prep, done nothing second First, third up, done nothing. Now arrives here, fourth up, at the trip where he saw we saw him destroy them last spring in that Mooney Valley Gold Cup, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Destroyed them. And they were thinking it'd be awesome run. They were thinking he could be rock hard favourite in the or close to favourite in the um in the Melbourne Cup off that. Big advantage with him is the dry deck. So absolute grand final, having a very big go at Francesco Guardi at the double digits. And I just need to mention the Japanese horse breakup, yeah. who I don't know off the back of its last run if it should be the quote that it's at at the moment. I want to see if we can get something better. But it was 120 to 1 that day. And it also ran outside the top 10. Yeah. So, you know, I look back to previous years where, if you remember a horse called Murder Glass that Frosty mm. also rode as well, but it, it had come off four or five wins and was just coming in superb form, whereas this horse, I'm just not sure. It's coming in with great form lines, but what has it actually done in those form lines? But... Need to keep on side purely because it's frosty. He would have been booked a long time out. So, you know, it doesn't even stop there. But those are the three. I'm back in West Wind Blows, back in Francesco, and I'll just wait and see with Breakup. Yeah. Just having a look, because we've got time because of this race. Last five runs for the horse you mentioned before was Breakup. $17 SP when it won last. Then 16th of 16, 120 to 1. Then third at 40s then 4th at 50s, and then 12th at 120s. It's one of the hardest horses I think you've got to line up, probably, coming from overseas. First up into a 2,400-metre assignment. Last run was in mid-June. Like, it's just... And $9.50 they've gone. Like, how? Where, what sort of equation went on there? They're scared. They're, they they're are scared fighting. shitless. And you mentioned resuming at this trip. Last prep, it resumed over 3,000 metres. Yeah. So I don't think the trip is the concern. It's just about how well is the horse going. And the thing about the games, I always talk about it. Last prep could have just been fitness leading up to this. Just get some residual fitness on the board. We don't give a fuck about the prize money there. $5,000 over there. Correct. We don't care. We're going to come take the $3 million to win the Caulfield Cup. Yeah. It's wild. Um, I'm going to play with without a fight. I think up to 2,400 now. I think this is probably his trip. I don't think you go on to a 3,200-metre race. Mm-hmm. They might do it because they do it with so many horses. They just do it anyway. Zara has opted this horse before the preparation, which is one of the more interesting things that we were discussing before the potty. 
he picked this horse before this the beginning of this spring campaign. I think he's probably feeling a bit sick about it, to be honest. <laughs> um, it's maybe not for this run, but definitely for the remainder well, of the prep. He's only got himself to blame, you know, but maybe maybe he's laughing. Maybe, maybe he's, he's, right. he's sitting there giggling. Well, I'm hoping so. I actually thought he was pretty good in the Underwood, this guy, and 2,400 metres now, second up. It feels like the preparations led towards this. I thought last prep, it's two wins up at Eagle Farm. Although beating not great talent, geez, they were, they were very convincing wins as well. And I thought... Showed the signs of a horse that had now settled into Australia. $7, you don't get massive favours in such a big field and, and handicapped conditions. I'm going to play, though. I think yep. the horse has got some talent. Yep. And then Sulcum, for me, was probably the best run in that Turnbull. Gold Trip was the best run in the Turnbull, let's be honest. He, of the runners in behind. Yes, but of the, of the runners in behind, I thought Sulcum was fantastic. Inferior ground. Gets gate six. Craigie, 53.5 kilos. I think gets his chance. I think, I don't know if you remember, but this time, I think it was last year, it had its first run in Australia, and it was in the $6 favourite for the Melbourne Cup after yep. it. Yep. Um, I think we lost sight of how good this horse could have been, because it had a strange preparation after that. Yep. I think this prep, it's now settled into the country, showing some real signs of talent, and might be its day on the weekend. For sure. Like, where do we start with this race, honestly? Just it's un- nightmare. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, yeah, honestly, it doesn't even stop there. You could keep going and going and find three or four, you know, more bets. But let's just wait and see. If you- the best part is, if you're finding a winner, you're getting a price. Doing so, well. absolutely. And you can more than likely back three or four. Hopefully, we've steered you into one there. Um, let's flip over to Sydney. Do you want to go through... The rail? Yeah, just me, just quickly. Good for... It's been great weather over here. Rail plus five. So a bit of traffic on Randwick over the last few weeks. And uh, I think we're going to race eight, aren't we? Race eight, five diamonds prelude, um, 1,500 metres. This is... It's an open market again. We've got 480 the field. Coattail is $4.80, top of the market. Democracy Manifest is fives. Waterford is $9, as well as Detonated Jack, $9. Faulkner Park is 11s. Converge is also on that same line with Altivo. St. Lawrence, $12. Zumon, 13s. Palmetto, 20s. Vatagos is $18. Super helpful, 61s. Mississippi Prince, 67s. And New Republic, 201. Zumon with Mississippi Prince, Vatagos, and, and St. Lawrence to go forward. Super helpful will be thereabouts as well. I think Converge, drawn wide. I don't think they're going to sit back on him. They'll try and press forward. Later on with Katili. I'm with Cotilli. I'm heavily in this horse's corner. I I haven't really stepped into this horse in the past. I've sort of just let him through, but they always keep him nice and hard in the market. He's always single digits, no matter which race he turns up to. I feel like he should have won that Cepheus race last time out, over 1,400. A few people are out there saying it's a tragedy beat. It was a moral beat. I'm not of the same opinion because I don't think the horse ever lost all momentum. I just think that Sherry... Tried to check off heels to the outside, which we know the horse wants to get to, and then sort of had to go, okay, I'm going to shift back to the inside and maybe lost half a length, which told in the end, it was one of those ones where you win the race and you lose the photo. That's unfortunately, that's what happened with Cotilli last time. Second up now, up to 1,500 metres, maps really well from five. I think it's going to sit nice and handy. I think it could be too good for this lot. It's going to have that tactical advantage over your horses like Waterford and Democracy Manifest. And just quickly on Democracy Manifest... I need to have something on, obviously. Big run in the Epsom, climbing all over their heels over the last 50 to 100 metres. So just off the back of that, I'm, I'm going to be winning on the race if he does win. For sure. I'm with him. I think this is his chance. I think it looks like a pretty nice race for him. Probably that let, second grade of horses, like a dead set second grade full of horses this this field. Yeah. Especially the top four or five in the market. Yeah. 
I reckon he'd just about should have won an Epsom now that I've watched it back a couple times. And I knew a few people really liked him, and he was well-backed on the day into $9. Mm. Gets his chance here. I think this field... I think he can take care of it. The thing that you've got to worry about with him is just he just gets so far back. And when you've got races where there's so many runners in the field, sometimes you can be caught back on the fence doing absolutely nothing and still be the best horse. Yep. You want to be on those horses up in front, but $5 to find out I'm going to have a play. Mm. Democracy Manifest. I love when Darren calls it too. It's one of the things I do enjoy that he calls. Yeah, for sure. I, I Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure he's got something to do with either the breeding selection or potentially even the ownership he's got something to do with that horse but mate he could be uh, having some succulent Chinese meals on uh, Saturday afternoon absolutely what is the charge (laughs) what is it this is democracy manifest (laughs) so good Um, final race are we? If you got one for us, I've got one, mate. Okay. It's just the automatic. Sorry, usually you, you you have a big grin on your face. Oh, I'll give you a nod or something. The stiffy, yeah. and the the ping pong table that we're on is just well. In ma- the air maybe you're having this week because we're on the canvas. We got scratched last week, mm. and with three weeks dry prior, so yeah. yeah, I need to get mobile. What do you need from me? Do you want something? Just hit me. Just hit me on the nose, and I'll I'll get rolling. All right. Fuck, we need you, mate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's motivation time. Race 7, feature on the card, 1,000 metres. Acromantula comes across. He comes back from his Melbourne campaigns. Willie Pike is booked this week. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, he's at $3.30, so he's not favourite. You'd expect coming through the form lines that he's come through that he'd be rock-hard favourite. Mm. But I'll had a look at, in the form guide this week, and he's not. The favourite is Red Cam Man, who's first up. Ah, yes. And they met each other... Ah, uh, yes, like... Yeah. I know, like you know who the horse There's nine WA runners. Yeah, okay, <laughs> There's true, only true. nine. Well, eight of them are in here. The last time Acromantula and Red Can Man met over 1,000 metres, Acromantula had his measure. Once they step out in trip 11, 1,200 metres, that's where Red Can Man really starts to get into his straps. I think 1,000 metres, it's horses for course, especially at Ascot, where they can just find the fence and just keep rolling. I don't think anything can match him over the first 50 to 100. Pike will find the fence, hopefully keeps rolling... They've given him time to get over that uh, that failure, I have to say, last time behind him, Peritrees, four weeks back. So he's had a little bit of a let-up. Come back home. He's back on he's back on uh, home deck now, so I think he can get the job done. It's race seven, number two, Acromantula. Pike on board. Let's lift. That seems like a really good bet. I agree, mate. I do know Red Can Man. I've had many beers and <laughs> had a play there on that horse. Um, really good day we've got coming up on the weekend. It's a bit of a in-between meeting. But I think we find out a lot about our girls mainly. It's a lot. It's a real fillies and mares sort of day, yep. especially in Melbourne. Um, and next week, obviously Cox Plate Day, Caulfield Cup. As we mentioned, one of the more interesting sort of races. Don't know really what's going to transpire there. Gold Trip will probably run twenty first. Um, I think they're just going to walk him around. I don't know what's going to happen, but he'll probably win as well. So, <laughs> Not knowing his talent, it's just one of those races. I do. I, before we close out, Ned. Just got to mention one more mm-hmm. at Randwick. Yes. Because we haven't spent much time on that Sorry, car. yes. Race six, number seven, Smashing Eagle. Should mm-hmm. be taking care of that lot. It's been finishing off very, very Good hard. Horse. Ignore the red card form lines. It should have beaten that horse anyway. It'll get back and give them a start, but I think it's the winner. $3.30. Brett Preble booked. I think it wins. We love it. We love a winner. Hopefully we can find you a couple for the weekend. We've pretty much done the whole card at Caulfield, so should be able to find one or two in there. Pick a couple off. Nice open fields on the weekend, a lot of four or five dollars the field. So play your couple, enjoy, have a punt and have a beer. Jacko, pleasure, brother. Always is, mate. Good luck, punters.